0: okay thank you guys for coming back to listen to another episode i am here today with paul cameron hi paul how are you danielle i'm great how are you i'm doing well um
1: i guess you know with school starting back up life is a little bit busy but i'm doing
0: well I cannot imagine working with the kids all day.
1: Yes, 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 but it's it's definitely a joy, for sure. Yeah,
0: Cool. So, Paul and I know each other through my husband. You guys went to Liberty together. Yeah, um,
1: went to school and roommate, so.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, and you live together. So yeah, we've been to each other's weddings <laughs> over the past year. Um, yeah. And I'm excited to talk to you. But before we get into what the topic is, can you describe yourself a little bit? What do you do for work? What do you do for fun?
1: Yeah, so right now I'm a director of student activities for a classical Christian school here in Northern Virginia. Uh, Pretty much under my job, I'm responsible for a lot of our student life, so anywhere from athletics to clubs. And I do a lot of coaching as far as our sports go. So my main sports are basketball, flag football, and volleyball. Kind of on my free time. You know, I enjoy traveling. Me and my wife, we try to make it a goal of ours to travel at least once or twice a year. So we're trying to figure out exactly what we're going to do this fall. But I love traveling. I love playing sports. And when I'm not doing those things, I can be found in my living room playing video games with (laughs) David. So those are pretty much like my main hobbies at the time. And I also like to cook. So I've been kind of experimenting and trying to just build that recipe book. So
0: cool. Those are all very cool hobbies. Um, okay, so I've had the idea for this for a while. I think it really came into my mind, like it, maybe like a month ago. Did Did you watch Insecure? Do you know who Jay? I Ellis have. Was? I
1: have. I know. I know of the show. Um, I have not watched it, but there's something that like my family watches
0: on a regular. Okay, so Jay Ellis, who plays Lawrence on the show got married and his wife is white and there was like a big frenzy on the internet about him marrying this white woman and i'm like why are people so (laughs) upset about it (laughs) and i'd be lying if i said i wasn't surprised but i was more just thinking about the differences and responses when a black man who's a celebrity is marrying outside of his race versus a black woman because i do feel like the responses from the public are different yeah and i do feel like i don't know for sure but i do feel like the reasonings sometimes for dating outside of their race is different for black men versus black women i've dated outside of my race before i'm not in an interracial marriage. And, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's a different experience, definitely. And so I just wanted to have that conversation. So this is gonna be a two-part situation, talking to Paul today for the Black man's perspective. And then we'll do another episode um, with a Black woman who's in, in an interracial relationship. So that's the focus for today. Paul has seen the questions. He, This is not an ambush. <laughs> <I'm> not <laughs> not ambush it. at all. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious, physically growing up, what were your dating preferences? Yeah, so when I first was looking over this question, I started thinking, I'm like, man, what kind of girls was I
1: attracted to when I was younger? And I think a large portion of my preference stemmed from kind of my environment. You know, growing up in a military home, we moved around a lot. And when I was young, we spent a lot of our time in Europe. And so kind of thinking through, I'm like, I didn't really have a lot of black girls in my class. And so I started building kind of a preference for more, whether it's white, um, Hispanic, mixed kind of complexion. And then over time, as you know, we kind of transitioned back to the States and started having more black girls in my class, You know, that kind of added to the preference, but I think really the environment that I grew up in kind of set that tone for, you know, here's kind of the baseline because this is all I'm seeing around me and interacting with. And then as I kind of grew up mature, kind of had an opportunity, you know, to fill out some of the different ethnicities. And so, you know, ironically enough, I kind of settled with white, so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay. I didn't know that. So I know your parents live in, they live in Haymarket, right?
1: Yeah, they live in Haymarket.
0: So yeah. I just assumed you always lived there. I didn't know that you were a military kid. So where in yeah, Europe so, did you live? So uh, we lived in Italy, Germany, France, and Iceland. So
1: Wow. All over, pretty much all over.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's super white. Okay. Interesting. So also at your wedding, I noticed your parents, they're still married. They've been married for what, like 30 something years? Uh, 33 years to be exact. Wow. That's incredible. So did they voice any desire to see you marry a black woman or (laughs) any race of woman? I think
1: growing up and when I kind of got towards that dating stage, I think was more... Highlighted by my mother um, as, like, it's it's okay that you may like other races, but ideally, you know, you should probably marry someone that's very like your mother. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and she would say that probably a few strong words um, in particular. But outside of that, like my dad, he was more so like, hey, if you find the love of your life and that's who you settle with, like, we're going to be happy for it. And as over time, I think my parents kind of settled the fact that I will be marrying outside of my race. And, you know, I didn't really voice any more concerns probably once I got to college and so on. It's like whoever you bring home, you know, as long as they love you and, and have a, a heart for wanting to be part of this family, you know, we're all for it. So
0: That's so interesting. Do you have siblings?
1: I do. I have a younger sister.
0: Okay. You know, Did but they he- tell your sister the same thing? I've never heard anything said to my sister <laughs> in
1: regards to relationships, if anything. They're probably like, just stay out of trouble. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm curious because I was raised by a single mom. I have an older brother. He's 13 years older than me. His wife is also white today, for <laughs> for <laughs> just so you know. But growing up, my mom was very emphatic with my brother, like, marry a black woman please like it's not that hard they're everywhere most black women want to marry a black man just be with a black woman um obviously that didn't work but (laughs) (laughs) for me my mom was always like try everything date everybody don't limit your possibility for happiness to just black men And I mean, there was a big gap in when she was giving us those messages because he's so much older than me, but I always thought it was interesting that she was telling my brother, like, please marry a black person. And she was telling me, like, please try everything just in case it doesn't work, (laughs) trying to find a black man. But that's interesting to hear the differences in what your mom and dad said. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about Emily. How did you guys meet?
1: Yeah, so we actually met on a missions trip. Um, When I was in college, I was part of this organization called Push to Rock, and I would lead basketball trips out to Italy, um, you know, play games and uh, run camps. And then there was sort of this trend where we noticed there were more girls coming to the camp, and we were like, what is one way that we can really just make it more relatable for the girls? And so we went to our director and was like, hey, is it possible that we open up this trip to... Women, and so they did, and ironically enough by serving the Lord. You know, me and my friend both met our wives on the trip, and it was for me it was an amazing experience, uh, especially for Emily because she's someone who's not very gifted in basketball, but she had such a heart for serving others and loving on others that like I instantly was attracted to that just just her heart in general, not really so much like what she can contribute as far as skill
0: wise. nice i think (laughs) but that's so cute that two of you guys um got married from that that's such a unique way to meet
1: it is it is especially because well i know for myself i think my friend he was more so like oh there's going to be women on this trip (laughs) me they'll kind of scope out um but for me it was like you know i'm just going you know i'm going into it just serving Working alongside a bunch of different people, getting to learn from them, and when we kind of and it wasn't even like an attraction, like right on the trip, or just even wanting to talk, It was more so we got back and she was living in New Jersey at the time, and she sends me a snap uh, because she knew the next day I had to go right back to work after the trip, and she's like, "How are things going? Adjusting?" and I was like, "Wow, like I think that's the first time I've seen someone like really go out their way to." just check in on me uh in a while and so I was like you know I just use this this opening as an opportunity to get to know her and you know we did the long distance for several years and you know now we're now we're here married so
0: yeah yay oh okay so it sounds like before you met Emily you had dabbled outside of your race before yeah do you know if um Emily had dated outside of her race before she met you?
1: I, yes. So
0: <laughs> she, she's had one other boyfriend, um,
1: an Indian American, that she met while at college. And so that was her first time outside of that. And I think that was also probably the point of realization for her family that she's not going to marry a, a white guy. Um, and if you ask Emily, Emily was like, yeah, I knew probably when I was in high school, that I was not going to marry a white guy. Like, I just, something that was not fully attracted to me. So
0: That's interesting. So what was it like meeting each other's families? So I'll start with mine. So she met my family,
1: probably the Thanksgiving of the first year that we we're dating. And kind of gave her the lowdown. I was like, hey, you're going into a black household. You know, it's going to be, unfiltered. You don't know what you're going to hear. You don't know what you're going to get, but it should be a good time. And I think for her, she was very nervous. She gets pretty nervous when she's around new company. And um, I think what really kind of just got her was the food that we kind of (laughs) eat, the fried fried chicken and ham and all these different things. And it was just like for her, she was like, wow, like I'm not used to all this. And then uh, just my family, they love love to drink, love to, to stay up late. And so for her, there were moments where you can just tell where she needed to kind of back away and kind of mm-hmm. just refuel just to kind of be a part of that. But um, my family just brought her in with open arms, at least in front, of, in front of me, at least it was like open arms and loving on her. Um, on the reverse side of things, we decided to go visit her family for Christmas. And I remember the day, the morning before flying out, my dad sends me a text and says, hey, you should check out the trailer for Get Out. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so I just remember going to YouTube and looking up this trailer and I was like, wow, I'm getting ready to go to Iowa. I really don't know much about Iowa. I know cornfields, farmland, like I don't even think there's that many black people. And so I was like, Lord, like, I don't know what I'm getting myself into, but I hope this situation does not go down. And so that was kind of just playing through my mind. Uh, we touched down, and I just remember telling Emily, I was like, hey, uh, you think your family would be weird out if I put on kind of like an African accent or what would be a stereotypical African accent? And she was like, no, you should do it. And so her brother and his girlfriend at the time, who's now his wife, picks us up. And I just remember we hop in and I introduced myself and I put on this accent and you can just kind of tell everything just like stopped. I knew she was Dating black, but I didn't think she was dating African, and so <laughs> it was kind of, it was kind of that moment where it's like, okay, I wonder, kind of what their viewpoints are going to be, you know, be about me going into this situation. And so, um, as the day kind of went on, you know, I kind of saw that she comes from a big family, so I saw kind of that openness where, really, they wanted to use this time to kind of get to know me, and not really focus so much on. You know, my skin color or kind of the, you know, different things that were going on in kind of Black community and culture, but more so like, who is Paul? What is your family like? Um, tell us about, you know, things that you're interested in. And, you know, obviously it worked out because we got married. So,
0: <laughs> yeah. So, did it ever become frustrating, I guess, or I don't know what the word would be, but frustrating to, have to you know give a disclaimer or you know a breakdown of what it's gonna be like to be around your family
1: uh I think it I think it is I think if anyone has to do that, I think a lot of times you kind of set those expectations as opposed to allowing that other person the opportunity to really get that viewpoint of. You know whatever takes place that actual experience you kind of rob them of that by putting that disclaimer so if i had to go back and do it differently mm-hmm. i probably just kind of just be like hey this is my family and you know let her really just experience the fullness as opposed to like man like he did say this and they do act like this or they do do this differently and so i think anyone who ever gets put in those types of situations, I think just kind of allow the other person to really just get the fullness and experience without adding disclaimers.
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's a good, good advice. A little tidbit. <laughs> so were there any other cultural differences that you noticed apart from families, um, as your relationship became more serious?
1: Um, not so much, I mean, both of our families were are very similar um, I mean, really, the biggest differences would be obviously kind of the midwest is definitely different in what you experience on the East Coast,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: but as far as like being there, being amongst the family, the food, and stuff like that, I didn't really see much differences uh between
0: between our families, okay, well, great <laughs> um. <laughs> so i wonder i when i was in college i dated a guy it's funny when you said um her first boyfriend was indian because so was mine (laughs) but um i just remember what really used to bother me were the stares like a lot of people used to stare at us black people brown people in particular, we're always looking like, how did you two even find each other? <laughs> and <laughs> I'm curious, do you notice that people look at you or who gives you looks when you're
1: out? All, all the time. I know, especially the early part of our relationship, I'd be like, hey, like, you know, this guy over here, he's kind of, he's kind of staring at us. Or did you, did you notice that we just walked past and a couple people were staring at us? And she, and for her, I don't know if it's just because she's kind of oblivious to a lot of the situation or what an interrac- interracial you know, relationship looks like. But, you know, for me, I kind of I notice that a lot. You notice when people are staring, you notice when people are conversating about you. Um, but the biggest thing is, is, you know, for for that individual is, hey, you're with this person at the end of the day. That's, that's your only focus and not really worried about what other people are thinking, saying about you. Uh, in the midst of that and that's kind of the way I try to approach those situations when they do happen from time to time Um, but that does lead to like a funny story so the black sheep the restaurant that we we ate at a couple months ago uh, so I was at the bar and you know a a black guy sat beside me and you know he was conversating he was from Texas and he was like that's your wife right that's the bartender I was like yeah that's her and he was like so how is it with interracial here and for me, it kind of, was like, you know, I don't really notice that much. Like you get people staring here and there, but you don't really have as much judgment. And he was like, Texas, you, you know, cause his wife was white and he was like, you step out anywhere. People are going to voice their opinion. Some people are just going to be like, you know what? We can't even serve you guys or things of that nature. And so it's, it's interesting to kind of see the contrast of even like your environment, your region can also dictate how much you notice things or or how well interracial relationships are even perceived
0: yeah that's interesting i can't imagine in today's day and time people not serving you because you're in an interracial relationship yeah what it's interesting (laughs) i was just talking with my mom about this um like literally an hour ago and she was saying my brother he lives in new york city and he was still like people give us stares that he did single out <laughs> black women as the people who give him the eye rolls and the looks whether he has a son so whether mm-hmm. he's with his wife or not his son is obviously not fully black so people are like we can tell
1: yeah <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah yeah is that your experience do you notice who is given the looks the most? yeah
1: usually usually it's white men and I would say black women. I say those are and I guess part of it is it's like maybe that black the black woman, and this is not to like stereotype everyone, but in maybe some cases this is my belief, that they're looking upon as like, you know, what what is it about her that makes him want that as opposed to this? Mm-hmm. And on the split side I feel like white men are like you know she is not nice. she must be naive the, like why would she want to be with that when you know it's we're the best thing that we have to offer or whatever <laughs> <is. So. laughs>
0: yeah that's very interesting i wouldn't have expected the stairs to also be from white men yeah but okay so i want to talk about now we're kind of coming out of the pandemic but at the beginning there was definitely a lot of racial tension. And I'm curious, does Emily and or her family speak up about <laughs> um, racial issues in the US? Yeah, so I mean, Emily's not very big in terms
1: of voicing a lot of her opinions, but I think when a lot of the George Floyd and Black Lives Matter and some of those protests are happening, one of the things that I, truly admire about her was she just wanted to get to know she wanted to know more about what is it like being black in america so she had you know i shared a little bit my experiences she had conversations with my parents she had conversations with my sister and it wasn't more so to be like okay what they're saying is the right way but more so like i just want to be able to get a lot of information kind of form see these viewpoints and kind of create a holy belief from that um, and so much so that it kind of led to a little bit of conflict with her family. I do remember one of her siblings sent her her Snapchat, and he's wearing a a MAGA hat, and she snaps back and she draws kind of a black hat and puts BLM, and the sibling is like, "Are you serious?" And she was like, "Yeah, I'm serious." And he was like, "Do you not know like what is going on?" And from that conversation, she was like, "Until so you have a conversation with like." Paul, or another black man or a black woman and really understand their side of the story you know i'm not saying i support the organization but i do understand, i do support the situation that black lives do matter and that there is this issue that needs to be brought to the table and, and until you can really truly say that you went to the table with an openness to get to learn like whatever you say from here is irrelevant and i was like yeah I gotta marry you because I couldn't put it any better. And so that's one of the things that like for me, I'm proud to say like my wife was had that willingness to want to learn and wanted to be an advocate not only for the black community, but just in general to kind of show me that it's easy to kind of form our own opinions or say like this is my experience. this has to be right as opposed to, you know what? You may have shared a different experience, but let's come to the table, let's kind of have a dialogue, not seeing who's gonna be the winner like my beliefs are right, your beliefs are wrong or whatnot, but more so like, I just want to get more information. I want to learn. I want to gain that knowledge. And then from there, hopefully enhance my ability to, or my viewpoint in terms of the whole situation, as opposed to just one side of perspective.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's the least, most least. Anyway, it's a, all you can ask for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, if you're, white partner was not a black studies major in college then they (laughs) might not know (laughs) and there are i learned from going to jmu there are just a lot of white people who what happens to black people literally doesn't even occur to them like they pretty much grow up around only white people if they do know Black people, it's very like on the fray, they're not super close. And so the realities of what happens to us just isn't something that they know about, not necessarily because they don't care, but it just doesn't occur to them to really seek out that information. But I think it is good that when she was presented with it, she was willing to really do the work to converse with a lot of people and even um, confront her family about it. Yeah. So, good job, Emily.
1: But actually,
0: <laughs> did that create any awkwardness between you and her brother? Uh no. Um, I,
1: I mean, to this day, we still haven't had kind of that conversation. Um, and I think that kind of that kind of goes with our society. I think a lot of times, if you look back at it now, like a lot of people aren't having that conversation as much as they did at the time. Um, but to this day, I mean, we're we're still good. Back. You know, good friends, and we'll we'll talk about different things. But one of those things I know for sure is as me and Emily hope to start a family and and have kids, like you may be taking care of your nephew or your niece. And guess what? People are going to ask questions. They're gonna ask questions, and the more that you can kind of understand the environment outside of yours, it's going to be hard for you to be able to answer that question without bias, yeah,
0: definitely. I think the easiest way for people to not make generalizations about other groups of people is to get to know people in that group. So hopefully there'll be change on anybody's part who has a Make America Great Again types of views. (laughs) But (laughs) um, I'm curious about, I'm trying to think of examples of celebrities. Serena Williams is married to a white man. Um, Eve is married to a white man, trying to think of somebody bigger who's married to a white man, but there are a few Black women who are married to white men, a lot of Black male celebrities, (laughs) especially if you include athletes who are married to white women. Do you feel like there's a difference in the way those relationships are perceived by the public?
1: I do. Um, I find... Personally, for me, I find that the black man married to a white woman is perceived more negatively. Um, and I'm I'm not sure why. That's one of those things when I was kind of going to the question, kind of thinking of celebrity. I'm like, man, there's a lot of athletes, there's a lot of actors and whatnot that are married to white women. And when you look at the side thing, I was like, Serena Williams, that's the only one that could come to mind, Serena Williams. Serena Williams, and you never really see a lot of negatives, like, oh, how dare she marry a white a white man and all this, but more so, her, like, what she has done, her success, the impact that she's made for the Black community, and I guess for us, for a Black man, it's just like, yeah, we can do all these things, but there's always going to be that stigma that you're married to a white woman that kind of lowers how high you are on the pole totem pole for the for the black community and there's really no explanation i mean most of it could be stemmed from just you know years of you know if you marry outside your race you know you're a traitor and why don't you find like our black sisters you know just as attractive what does you know these other races have to offer that you know we are not offering and bring it to the table and so it's unfortunate that that's how it's due but that's kind of the way that i see it
0: yeah, I I definitely think that there's a difference too. I do think that Serena Williams did get some crap from black men about marrying a white man, but not, not to the <laughs> level of some black male celebrities who are marrying white women. I think the some of the, I don't wanna say outrage, but I think that people get more upset because there are more Black women, a lot of Black women want to marry Black men, Mm -hmm. like to the point that they won't be with anyone if they can't be with a Black man, which is kind of ridiculous to me, but I get it. I understand why they want it. And I understand feeling like when they see a Black man with a white woman feeling like we lost another one, like there's already not that many. And (laughs) it feels like they don't want us as much as we want them, and I understand the disappointment. I don't think lashing out at them is useful, but I un- I understand the feeling. I've definitely seen celebrities, black male celebrities, and then I'm like, "His wife is white too. Like, why? <laughs> All of their <laughs> wives white, but yeah, I'm, yeah." Do you have any other friends, black male friends who are in interracial relationships or marriages?
1: Yes, I do. Uh, actually, David knows him, Corey, a uh, football player from Liberty. He, he married a white woman. Uh, actually, another football player, Chima. So I was thinking about him like, all these athletes. <laughs> oh, I, can't. I don't what really is know the why. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> But you were at the wedding on the on the opposite end, you know. My best friend Harry, you know, he married a black woman, so it, yeah, it was kind of it's kind of interesting.
0: <laughs> Harry showed up to the wedding with like a dashiki on. And I was like, why is he wearing that? And then I saw his <laughs> wife and I was like, okay, <laughs> got it. And then he got up and said some ridiculous stuff <laughs> at your yes, wedding. Yes,
1: he did. Yes, yeah. he did. And he was like, I always <laughs> knew
0: Paul would end up with a white woman. And I'm like, he didn't just say that in front of everybody. But that's, uh, it's funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm also curious, so Black men are marrying outside of their race now more than ever. Um, Black men actually marry outside of their race more than white men do. Why do you think that is?
1: I think there's a few factors. I think some of it could be the perception uh, in terms of, you know, status. You have a certain type of woman with you. You got a certain status uh, accomplished with that. Um, other parts of it is I think environment, you know, I think of the school I teach at now I have, you know, two of my basketball players who date white women. And I mean, you kind of look at the school, there's probably like two other, there's like two black women in the school. And so it's kind of like what you've been exposed to often, or maybe, you know, with friend groups and stuff like that, you're talking things in nature like, Oh, you know, this is the ideal woman and, and so on. And so a lot of those things kind of form your thinking or your your profile for what you are looking for um, and pursuing that. And I think as our country continues to mix amongst communities, you think of those moving to cities and stuff like that, you're not gonna have, this is just the black area, this is the white area, this is Manning, so on and so on, but it's a lot of mixing. And as a result, you're, you're gonna see Well, I guess for us, Black men, we're kind of stepping out of what is just that environment and kind of experiencing something, what we say, different or new or whatever it might be.
0: Yeah. Do you think that idea, partially the status and also environment, is what's making some Black women more interested in dating outside of their race, too? Or do you think they're motivated by something else? I would say so. I mean... I try
1: not to look so far back in terms of the slave times. You kind of think of it. It's like, you know, the white man kind of has the power and maybe, you know, some black females are like, well, because of that power status, why not elevate myself to that level? And then on the other split side, it's like, well, if this is considered the prize, the white woman, you know, why can I not have that and experience that? And I think that, you know, some of that may have trickled down through generations. Um, but I think also too, like you mentioned, if so many black men are stepping out of the community, you know, black women need to be satisfied. They need to have those relationships. If they can't get it with black men, what is, you know, what is next? Well, white men, if black men are taking white women, white men is like, what's available? (laughs) It's it's, it's almost like math, right? You know, Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of, kind of how I would view uh, the situation.
0: Sure. Was there ever a point where you, from seeing the discourse and a lot of people being upset about Black men marrying outside of their race, did you ever feel bad? I'm not saying you should feel bad. but I'm no, no,
1: no, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I
1: think for me, it was like one of those things was like, I know I'm probably going to get judged. If I step out of my community, but at the end of the day, I have to do what's best for me. And if that is marrying outside of my community, then so be it. And just know that whatever I do, you know, my significant other also understands. Like, hey, like you're you're going to be essentially persecuted by being in a relationship with me if that's something that you're willing to you know, go through, then, hey, we can continue to see where this goes. And, uh, but I do think there are points in life where I probably was like, and like, although I think this, this girl is attractive, I probably shouldn't pursue that because I don't want to be judged by my peers, especially when you're kind of in that middle school, that high school range where you're really just trying to fit in or kind of build whatever status that you You know, you're trying to equate while in school. And so I think some of that kind of hindered me pursuing other relationships, so much so being judged, especially by, um, you know, the Black girls that were in my class.
0: That's interesting. I'm also curious. I know there are some Black men who ended up marrying white women or just non-Black women who were attracted to Black women, but didn't feel like they were attracted back, you know, because maybe for not being like the right type of black. If you're a black guy who's into anime and (laughs) K-pop and stuff like that, then black girls might not be into you even if you're really into them. Do you think that's more common than we think or than we even consider?
1: I say to an extent, yes you know, another one of David and I's friends, you know, his name Elijah, he he would kind of fit into that category, you know, skateboarder, you know, anime, whatever it might be. It's just different, quote unquote, different. And I know there was times where, you know, he he would like a black girl, but the black, I was like, "Uh, he's just, (laughs) he's just not it. He's not what I want. And you can kind of see that, and, I, and ironically enough, if ever put in those situations, I can see how that can lead those to step out of, you know, their race to pursue other things. Like, well, if I'm not accepted for who by being myself, I'm not gonna pretend to be, you know, this ideal black man for the sake of having this woman attracted to me.
0: Yeah, definitely, and I mean, there are black girls who are alternative i guess we could call it but <laughs> there's not that many and it's it's probably i could imagine it being difficult for somebody who wants to be with a black woman but you don't fit the ideal like you were saying yeah. of what a lot of them want okay so i think a lot of us all of us have probably seen that article where i think by 2050 I, everybody's going to be mixed basically <laughs> do you think it's good that americans are becoming more mixed race and why or why not
1: yeah i have I have some kind of mixed views on it you know the the positive outlook that i want to have on it is it will create more than just a mixing of complexions but more of a mixing of cultures and and understanding so much so that we wouldn't have so much division that goes on today because it's like, well, I'm kind of here, but I'm also here and I'm also here and I'm also here. So how can I hate here? Um, which I think would be a positive. The negative is with so much blending, do you li- lose that originality? Do you lose those original cultures, those original um, what's the word? just originality of that culture or of that ethnicity because everyone's so much blending. It's like, you know, if I were to go into let's say the Indian culture and, you know, the way we cook our food and stuff just becomes so mixed where, you know, everything has to have this form of curry and things of that nature that, you know, it kind of loses like, well, this is what, you know, grandma used to make and this is our Sunday dinner and these, some of these traditions, but has some, Such a blend that you just don't even know. Like, you know, this is what my great grandmother used to do, and things of that nature. And so, I think there's positives and downsides to both. And if there happens to be quite this mixing, I think the generation needs to also have a focus of just keeping hold of some of those, like those those cultures, and not blend it so much to just kind of make things fit.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because. I've talked about this with Desmond a lot and even though I did have uh, what's the opposite of jungle fever like the <laughs> when a black person really wants to date outside of their race I definitely had that like beginning of college probably like the first half of college and eventually I was just like I couldn't imagine not being with my own people that's my own personal. Yeah thing and when i see people celebrating the idea that everybody's going to be more mixed i'm like i get why people are excited about white people becoming a minority <laughs> but <laughs> i just i can't get excited about their like not being black people like black people being yeah. like, wiped out basically it it doesn't make me happy um, and it doesn't make me want to go and have like 17 kids to, <laughs> to like <laughs> strengthen the race. But I definitely think there's a beauty in people, you know, choosing to <laughs> mate with their own people and yeah. continuing those traditions. And I mean, Desmond and I are still from different cultures and there is still mixing in that way because I'm not Ghanaian. I don't know how to make any of that food. Mm-hmm. or anything like that, but our kids are still gonna be Black and identify with their Blackness because they're not gonna have a choice. There's no other part of it to identify with, and I feel conflicted about that too. I see why people get excited about it, but for me, I just see it from the perspective of Black people aren't gonna exist anymore, and that scares me. Yeah. But I mean, there's black people outside of America, so they'll be somewhere. That that's, that's very true. It's not here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can you give us a book recommendation?
1: Ah, uh, yeah. So I'm not much of a reader, but one book that I've recently started is called uh, "Gentle Lowly."
0: Hmm.
1: Um, and what I like about it is it really kind of gets out of this idea of religion and more so focused on the heart of Christ and his heart for sinners and sufferers and so if you are interested in just wanting to know whether you believe in Jesus Christ or not I think it's just a good book to really just see that God himself had such a gentle and lowly heart for just people in general and for me it's so far it's just kind of changed my perspective and how I interact and how I try to love people around me
0: that sounds really interesting I would definitely check that out
1: for sure. And then I see there's a podcast on there. If you guys don't already know, the Purple Diary podcast. <laughs> yeah.
0: Definitely go <laughs> check it out. It's great. <laughs> um, and last question, what is your dream for your life's work?
1: Yeah, uh, pretty much for my life's work. I, I want to be known as someone who challenge, encourage, and push this next generation to be the best versions of themselves. Um, I tell all my athletes, your goal should be to be 1% better version of yourself today than you were yesterday. And if that means, you know, spending extra time listening to, you know, an issue or whatever you may have, if that means, you know, kind of pushing you in a direction where you're just kind of on the fence of like, ah, I don't know if I can give a a speech, you can give one, just, you know, just begin, begin and whatnot. And just really just help them kind of see that, the habits, the actions that they establish today is going to be what's going to, essentially is going to become the person that they're going to be you know, tomorrow and in the future. And the more that I can help them see that, I think we'll really just have a more positive impact in, in the way our world is carried on after I'm gone.
0: Aw, that's such a good, <laughs> <laughs> such a good dream. I think it is. anybody, <laughs> yeah, anyone who works with kids Um, I applaud them. I couldn't imagine having to do that through the pandemic, and I feel like even though I certainly could not do it, I think getting to help kids decide who they want to be and figure out who they are and really instill values in them that they're going to carry for the rest of their life. Yep. is such an important job and i know you're a really good person so i'm glad you are doing that, that job <laughs>
1: i appreciate um, that for sure
0: yeah i know you're not on social media much do you want to share <laughs> your <laughs> instagram <laughs> I mean, i'm trying to think what my instagram handle <laughs> um
1: i think it's i couldn't even tell you oh I think my god p i think it's like p cameron underscore 33 for for ig i yeah i really cannot i know i have an instagram every once in a while i'll post something about my wife on there (laughs) but other than that you know i haven't really been much on there and i think a large portion is because i'm just trying to live in the moment be around people as much as possible especially you never know when the next pandemic famine or anything hits and so the more that i can get to know a person in person I want to do that as opposed to really just trying to talk to people through a computer screen or right. some type of social media platform. So.
0: Okay. Well, you'll just have to catch Paul in person. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but or you can catch me on Xbox. I'll give you my, my gamer tag or something. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, Paul, thank you so much for doing this, for being willing to answer some difficult questions. Um, and thank you guys for listening I will talk to you all in another two weeks bye.
1: <laughs> thank you Danielle it was a privilege so I appreciate that
0: yeah bye